Man, that is the, that is the uh, best Merle Haggard I've heard in a long time. Well, you may have guessed uh, through that song, we are beginning our new series of messages today, Rot Theology. And uh, how many of y'all are familiar with that song? Y'all pretty familiar with it? Okay, there's a few of us that are. That is a song that was released in the year 2000 by a U2. Of course, it's called Beautiful Day. And the idea behind the song is that regardless of, of circumstances, whether there's good things happening, whether there's bad things happening, there is still an element of beauty in each day. Now, that is very easy for us to become blind to because we sometimes allow circumstances to stand between us and the beauty of every day. You know, I know that sometimes it's easy to get caught up. You go to work, and as you're on your way home from work, there's some some guy that for some reason has a driver's license, and he cuts you off, and that's all you can talk about when you get home. Or you have a coworker, and the only thing that they do when you're with them at work every day is they complain all the time, and so it irritates you, and you find yourself, you are praying that they're somehow going to get reassigned or maybe fired. And so we miss out on the beauty of the day because sometimes we allow circumstances to sort of dictate which way we are going to go in life. Well, today we're going to look at Psalm 118. And if you have your Bible, we're just going to look at one verse today, Psalm 118, verse number 24. And in this one verse, we're going to see the writer of Psalms sharing with us and teaching with us some lessons on how we can look at and view each day as being a blessing. So how is that possible? Well, for one, I do think that it's possible to be blinded so often by the circumstances of life that we miss out on the beauty. But I want us to see today that life is something that is special. Life is something that is a gift that comes from God. And God wants us to appreciate and value every day that we are given. And so if you look in verse number 24, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now my guess is that there are a lot of you that have heard that verse before. And if you are like me and you grew up in the church and you went to vacation Bible school, do you all remember the song that goes along with this verse? Now I'm not going to ask you all to sing it, but you can kind of get the tune in your head. So this is a very familiar verse to us. But the, really the, the, the point of that verse comes alive to me when I look at the preceding verses. In verses 19 through 24, it tells us, Open the gates of righteousness for me, and I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and this came from the Lord. It is wonderful in our eyes. And then it says, and this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now what's interesting about this scripture is Jesus actually quoted this psalm in Matthew chapter 21. This is what is known as a messianic psalm. So when Jesus quoted the psalm, you know what Jesus was saying? He was saying, I am the Messiah. I am the one who came for people, and I will one day bring deliverance for all mankind. 
Now, I'm going to ask y'all a question that's going to be fairly simple. The deliverance for mankind came through Jesus and his sacrifice. And then after Jesus died on a cross, we are told something rather significant happened about three days later. And three days later, of course, it was the resurrection. Now, let me ask you this. What day did the resurrection take place? Monday? Well, we all know there's no way it could have happened on a Monday, right? Mondays are not good days. What day did the resurrection happen? It happened on a Sunday. So that is why every week churches all across the world gather together for worship on Sunday because we are memorializing the event when Jesus gave us victory, when Jesus gave us salvation. And so that is why we look at Sunday as being a powerful day. It is the day of deliverance. Now, I contend that that Sunday is not the only special day. I believe every day is a beautiful and special day because salvation doesn't just have to happen on Sunday. It can happen any day of the week. And so I just want us to look today in our text and see some lessons that we can learn from to see how we are to view each day. So, So how are we to view each day? What is a lesson we can learn as we face for instance, tomorrow. Well, the very first lesson I see here is this. Remember this. The day is the Lord's. Every day comes from God. It belongs to Him. Again, if you look in verse 24, it says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, the context of this verse is that there would be a day when God would bring salvation and deliverance to His people. And that salvation and that deliverance showed up with Jesus. It showed up whenever Jesus went to the cross, and then three days later, he rose from the grave. And again, that is why we are here on a Sunday. We are celebrating the fact, whether you realize it or not, we are celebrating the fact that Jesus conquered death. Now, right after that happened, we see that Christians began to worship on Sundays. And so each week, the church marks the significance of this event by us meeting together. Now at this point, this is really a a lesson or a challenge for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Jesus has called his people the body of Christ. We are the church. And as the church, as the body of Christ, it is a part of our function to gather together in order to celebrate Jesus. Now, my fear is this. My fear is that a lot of times that that we forget this. That we forget about the beauty of Sundays and what we are celebrating. You know, it's so easy to just let life go on and we get used to things happening to us and, and we forget the true meaning behind what we're doing. And so then I will talk to people and I've heard I've heard a lot of excuses as to why people will say, well, you know, Sunday, it's, it's a good day, but there's other things that, that I need to do. Whenever it comes to worship, I don't need to do that corporately with people. And I'll hear people give me a lot of reasons. I'll say, hey, listen, that's my day. That's the day when I have a chance to sleep in. And I was like, don't worry about it. You can come here. There's a lot of people that sleep here. Uh, so a lot of people will tell me on Sundays, hey, listen, to you know, I, I would love to be a part, but 
but you know, I have uh, other things that are pressing. I have a, a family time. It's an important day. We have, we have a lot of different things that our children are participating in on that day. But you know, I'm with you in spirit. Now, now if we ever begin to use these excuses as to why the Lord's Day is not as important as it should be, let me tell you something. You, you, we, we've forgotten something. It is the Lord's Day. It's not your day. It's not my day. It is the Lord's Day. Now, I'm not saying if you, if, if, I'm not saying if you miss Sunday at church that you're a bad person. If you miss two, then you're a bad person, right? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just saying it is a, the norm for us should be for us to come together and to gather together corporately to celebrate Jesus. Now, if you get frustrated at that, you talk to God. You don't talk to me about it. That's the Lord. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. Here's the important part. Not staying away from our worship meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, back in verses 19 and 20, we are told that people are entering into the temple in order to give thanks to God for the salvation that He provides. That is, that, that is the general purpose why we're here today. You know, we are here because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, what happens to me is I, I've discovered that whenever I practice this, and I practice worship, and I practice looking into Scripture, time and time again, it, it impacts me. Now, when I don't do it, here's what I notice for me. I, I begin to sort of, I begin to slide. I begin to, to drift, and I begin to, instead of listening to God and living for God, I find myself falling back into my, my own nature, my own wants, and my own desires. So for me to be sharp in my walk with God, it's so important for me to remember that this is the Lord's day, and it's not mine. When I was in high school, I was on our basketball team, which I know that's not shocking to many of you. Uh, I was not very good. I was just good enough to be on the team so I could sit on the bench. But I did get to practice. And whenever we practiced, the way that we would end every practice is our coach would have us shoot free throws. Just, I mean, constantly. And uh, his, his idea was, you know, that's a, that's a free way to get points and so you want to be good at getting those free points. And so he would just have a shoot free throws over and over and over again. Now, what he was doing is his hope was that he would, we would be building up muscle memory as we learned how to correctly shoot free throws. So that whenever, you know, like the game's on the line, instead of being overcome by the pressure, you just rely on your muscle memory and you make those free throws. You make those shots. Now, to be good at those shots, you have to practice. And, and I, I apply the same thing spiritually. You know, for me to be good in my walk with God requires, requires practice on my part. I, I've learned this. People who practice generally perform better than those who don't. And so, so what's, what's important for me as I, as I view each day? Well, the first lesson is recognize the day is the Lord's. Participate in it. Another lesson on how to view the day is this. Remember the day was created by the Lord. The day was created by the Lord. And again, in verse number 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice 
and be glad in it. Now, is it possible for us to have too much of a good thing? Is it possible to have too much fun? Is it possible to have too much joy? I, I, I look at those things, I said, well, well, surely not. But I do think that it's possible that we can have all those things occur in our lives over and over again to a point where we begin to get used to them and we begin to take them for granted. And we can do that with the day. We're still take it for granted. You know, a few weeks ago, I was, um, I was leaving the church, and I got in my car. Now, I have, I have probably the greatest car in the church. And so I have a, uh, I have a black Mustang, and uh, the interior is also black. So it's designed for when you get in it that it's going to be cool. And so uh, in South Carolina, as you all know, it's like 175 degrees. And I was going home for lunch, and I went and I got my car. And it was, it was, I mean, it was blazing hot. And so I, you know, I turn on the air conditioner and I pull out of the parking lot. And as I'm driving out, I'm realizing I'm not cooling off. And the air that's blowing out of the vents, it is, it's hot. And so I'm like, God, do I have the, do I have it set on heat? And I'm looking down, it's on cold, it's all the way over, and the air's still blowing out. And I, y'all, I am, I am what is, I am a sweater. I sweat a lot. And so by the time I get home. I, my shirt is just stuck to my skin, and, and I, y'all, I never had thought about the air conditioner in my car before until I didn't have it. You know, I just kind of, I got so used to being blessed. I, as a matter of fact, did, I think William Carrier is the man who invented air conditioning. He has a special place in heaven, and, uh, but I am so grateful for that guy. But when I did not have air conditioning, I began to realize how often I take that for granted. Now, just as a little side note, uh, uh, Ricky and Rhonda Dennis, they fixed the air conditioning in my car. And so uh, if you all have problems with that, they did a great job. So thank you all very much. But they, they, are going, they are definitely going to heaven now after fixing that. But whenever you get used to something, what do you do? You end up taking it for granted. That's the truth of the day. You know, did you know every morning there is a beautiful sunrise? Every morning. But how many of us actually go out to watch it? Kind of take it for granted. Now, if it was like at noon, yeah, I might watch that. But we just sort of take it for granted. I mean, I, I think most of us, we, we take for granted that tomorrow, there's going to be another day. You know, we take for granted that tomorrow I am going to roll out of bed and I'm going to do what I do every day. Now, guys, let me remind you of something. First of all, we shouldn't take the day for granted because each day is special. It has been created by God. Genesis 1-5 says, God called the light day and the darkness night. Evening came and then morning. That was the first day. A day is special because God is the creator of the day. It's not just something that we are to take for granted. It's something that is a creation of God. But the Bible does let us know that we don't just simply have an infinite number of days that we're going to get to live. We are not here forever. Therefore, as the days come, we are to be appreciative and thankful for the days that God has given us. James 4.14 says, you don't even know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like smoke that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Hebrews 9.27 points out that we all are mortal. 
It is appointed unto man once to die and then face the judgment. Life isn't going to last forever. Therefore, what can we do? Enjoy each day. Find the blessings that come with the day. The day is something to be valued. That's why David, King David wrote in Psalm 90, 12, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Now let me ask you this. What are you doing with your days? How are you spending the time that you have? Because the way that you spend your time shows what you are investing your life in. And I really believe this. I believe most people are investing their lives in themselves for their own pleasure and their own desires. It's our focus. And since, since this is rock theology, um, whenever I was in uh, junior high, there was a, a band became very popular, Loverboy, one of the greatest bands of all time. And so they came out and they had this song that was very popular when I was in junior high. Everybody's working for the weekend. Y'all remember that? I bet you I mean, half of us probably stand up and start singing it right now. Everybody's working for the weekend. Now, what does that mean? I mean, if you listen to the song, everybody is just going through five days a week to get to the last two so that they can finally do what they want to do. I think that's how most people view life. Life is about me. Give me a chance and I'm going to spend it on me. Y'all, it's the Lord's day. God created the day. And he says it is to be lived for his glory. And when that happens, your day is going to be fuller than you ever imagined. Now, now what are some lessons that we can learn from each day? Well, the first lesson on how to view the day is recognize the day is the Lord's. The day was created by the Lord. And then here's the last lesson. The day is to be joyful. Each day, your attitude is to be an attitude of joy. Verse 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us, it says, rejoice and be glad in it. Now that word rejoice, it's a, of course it's a, it's a compound word, rejoice. And so the re part of it indicates that every day we are to recycle joy. Now you might say, well, I don't know how you can tell me that. I don't know how you can tell me that, that I'm to be joyful every day. You don't understand what my life is like. You don't understand that the, the pain that I experience every day in my life, how can I be joyful? You don't understand the heartache that I have in my life. How can you say that I am to be joyful? And I understand that thought, but here's what's interesting to me about our verse. It says, let us rejoice. Did you know, circumstances are not to dictate whether or not you're joyful. Y you and I choose joy. It is a decision that we make. We, we, do not, we do not say we will be joyful only if circumstances go my way. That is not joy. That was what, that's, that's where happiness comes from. I mean, it comes from happenstance. Happiness is determined by circumstance. Joy is determined by who lives in you. And if Jesus lives in you, and you have an ever-abundant source of joy. 
You see, you don't allow what's happening around you to determine joy. You get to make that decision. You get to choose that. Now, that's a tough one. It reminds me of James 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, consider it great joy or pure joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. Now, is that any of your life verses? I'm going to strike that one out. Consider it pure joy when I face trials. Now, I don't want that. But you know what? When trials come my way, I can still have joy. That's what the Bible's saying. Now, what do trials do sometimes for us? It says it tests your faith and produces endurance. But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, too many people lose joy because of circumstance. And there are some of us who say, I don't have joy because of what's happened to me. Now, I don't have joy because I didn't get that job that I deserved and somebody else got it. I don't have joy in my life because there are people that I trusted who said things to me, who said things about me, and they have offended me, and I'm bitter. And so instead of living in joy, they are living in bitterness. Now, now let me tell you something. You and I, I guarantee you, we could all sit down and we could come up with a list of all the reasons how life has not been right to us. I guarantee you, everybody in here can write down the names of people who have hurt us and have offended us. And we look at that and we say, that's not right. And I'm going to share a lesson I'm sure many of you heard from your parents time and time again. And we need to be reminded of it every once in a while. It's this, life is not fair. Did y'all know that? It's not fair. And if it is fair, then your fairness is screwing somebody else up, right? Now, it's been that way since Adam and Eve. And it may be shocking for some of you to know that God has not called everybody in this room to be in the NBA. Well, that's not fair. God has not called for everybody to be crazy rich. Now, that's not fair. But you know what God has called for us to have in our lives? Joy. Joy, and I guarantee you that that is richer and better than anything that other people have materially. You know, the Bible tells us, don't be jealous of people who have things that you don't have. Uh, the Bible tells us this, Psalm 37, 1-4, Do not be agitated by evildoers and don't envy those who do wrong. For they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord. It says, do what's good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord. That's our calling. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Uh, a number of years ago, there was a pastor that was on a mission trip to the, Tobago. And there's an island in the Caribbean. And while he was there, they were at a, a leper colony. And he was leading worship music uh, for the people that were living in the colony. And he said as he was, he was leading music, he finished one hymn. And he said everybody had their hymn books out. And it was like request night. And so, you know, say, like, hey, what hymn do you want to hear next? And he said there's a lady that had her back to him. He said when she turned around, 
said it was the most disfigured face he had ever seen. said the leprosy had, had taken her ears away. She didn't have any ears. Her mouth was basically, her lips were gone. When she, she raised her hand, she didn't have any fingers. And she said, could you lead us in the hymn, Count Your Many Blessings? And he said, as she said that, he said, I I sat there and I thought, this is the most disfigured woman I've ever seen in my life. And here she is asking to sing the song, Count Your Many Blessings. He said, I was so overcome with emotion, I I couldn't stand there. He said, somebody else led the music. I went out to the hall. He said, I was just crying. And he said, I had a friend who came out. He said, I bet you'll never sing that song again. And he said, I looked at him and I said, oh, yeah, I'll sing that song again. He said, I can tell you this, I will never sing it in the same way again. Now, folks, if we can take time each day to reflect on the resurrection of Jesus and what it means, this is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day. Remember, the context of the verse is the day when God brought salvation to man. When you take time to recognize and realize that God loves you and that you begin to understand that as you live in a world that is not fair, In a world that has darkness in it, you can still rejoice. You can still have joy. Because there will be a day when God is going to take every wrong, He's going to make it right. What the Bible says when we come to the end of our lives as believers and we die and we move to heaven, here's what it's going to be like. Revelation 21.4. That's what God's going to do. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. How are you viewing each day? What do you think about the days that you have? What kind of value do you put on tomorrow? The Bible points out to us how we're to approach every day. Recognize the day is the Lord's. Realize the day was created by the Lord. And realize the day, according to God, is to be joyful. With Jesus, we can honestly say, it's a beautiful day. We can honestly say, I have hope. Now some of you, might feel hopeless. Some of you might feel betrayed. Some of you might feel like you always get the short end of the stick. But with Jesus, you know what you get? Victory. With Jesus, you get restoration. With Jesus, You have hope because there will be a day when he will make all things right. Now what I'd like for us to do is I'd like for us to bow our heads and to close our eyes. And and there might be some of you today, and, and you're just, man, you were tired. You were drained. Maybe you were overwhelmed and overcome. By life's unfairness. 
let me encourage you today to trust Jesus. Just where you're seated, but maybe just simply on your own, you can just simply talk to the Lord and say, Jesus, today, I, Lord, I, I need you. Jesus, I ask that you'll forgive me of my sin. That you'll be my Lord and Savior. I, I want the promise of having the day where there'll be no more tears or mourning or crying or pain. No more death. Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Now, where you're seated, if nobody's looking around, maybe, maybe you pray that prayer. I, I want to encourage you. Take your bulletin out. Fill out the contact form. Check the lines. I commit my life to Christ today. Tear it out. Put it in a basket as you walk out of here today. Then our ushers will be holding. We can get you some information in the, in the mail about growing in a walk with God. God. God just simply wants you to trust Him. Maybe others of you as believers, you just, you just take each day for granted. Maybe you realize that. But I just want to encourage you to just simply talk to God and say, Lord, thank you for today. Jesus, thank you for salvation. Jesus, thank you that you can make me whole. Once I become a part of your family, I am always a part of your family. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Jesus, for your word. And Lord, I pray that we will leave here today able to say, it is a beautiful day. In Christ's name I pray, amen.